This is the 406th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. Today we have a training camp show. We have a lot going on. The Falcons owner Arthur Blank came by today. Camp is underway. Day six of training camp. The Falcons are getting ready to head down to Miami in a little while for a joint practice and their exhibition game opener. So in this episode, we're going to get you ready for training camp and some of the competitions that are coming up and some of the players that are performing thus far early in training camp. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and uh, we started off today presenting a check to Arthur Smith, who presented us with a fine letter after we missed the first two days of training camp little conflict with the family vacation and the starter training camp. But, hey, uh, we paid the fine today. Here's Coach Arthur Smith, or actually myself, presenting the check to Coach Arthur Smith today. A little presentation. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. Pay my fine. Pay my fine. You pay me in crypto? <laughs> no, 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 no. No but uh, to whatever charity you want us to. Send it to my boss, Chris Bivlemore, said he's got the 500. Y'all pick it, and I'll double it. All right. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you. So I can't make it? Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, something good turned up. You're fine. At least I didn't knew that there's a reason your agent didn't call me. (laughs) Well, that was all right. That was fun. Hey, we're up to... 1500 because Arthur Blank later comes in and uh, just uh, decides he's going to match too. So that's awesome. Just being late for camp. And we are, uh, I think I know the, um, I just want to get it confirmed, but I know the firm we're going to make the donation to is going to be really, really good and uh, real proud. Some good came out of me being fine for not making the start of camp for the first time in no 20 years or so. <laughs> Well, you know, let's get back to football and camp here. One of the big issues here early in camp has been Matt Hennessy getting hurt and rookie Matthew Bergeron running with the first team at left guard. Okay, you know, we can look at it and we can see what we want to see, but I wanted to know what Coach Arthur Smith saw on the film of Matthew Bergeron and his film review of his first couple of days working with the first team. Guys like him, well, you like his mindset. I, you know, he's very – very serious-minded, tough-minded guy. Uh, stepped right in there. You don't certainly don't feel any nervous energy for him. He's confident, and you know it's 
he's got a challenge. All those guys do. You know, the, the depth and uh, the way we're playing up front, it's been a really good, really good work for him. But he's, he's handled it. Um, there hadn't been really any major issues, but like all, all of us, there's things to work on, clearly. But that's why we're out there. Well, yeah, he talked to uh, us a little bit about David Ayumata giving him his welcome to the NFL moment on a bull rush. And uh, Ayumata and Grady Jarrett are helping those guys get ready up front. You know, not only uh, Matt Bergeron, but Drew Dahlman and Chris, uh, Chris Lindstrom. So Matt Bergeron seems to gotten his feet wet, and uh, we'll see if he can hold it down there at left guard. Now, uh, the third quarterback in camp, you know, it's Camp Ritter. We call that camp the, the, the last podcast, Camp Ritter, and it is. We're watching uh, nearly every throw, his whole every move, you know, to see if he's ready to take over the starting job. But one of the gentlemen who uh, is helping him out is Logan Woodside from Toledo, he was signed when Mariota decided he had to have knee surgery last year. Fine young man uh, from, uh, you know, the MAC conference who started out at Tennessee in 2018. Uh, he's a family man now. He's got a couple of kids and he's grown up and uh, kind of like a coach in the locker room for, for the Falcons. And he's learned a lot from Ryan Tannehill from his time in Tennessee. So, you know, the, the young quarterbacks need the veterans around to help them correct and help them how to uh, watch film and prepare and so forth. Here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about Logan Woodside. You know, I've been with Logan a long time. Uh, he's come a long way, and it, it, he's a really, really uh, interesting guy, a really smart guy. Uh, obviously, you know, lit up the, the Tuesday, Wednesday night action yeah. back at Toledo. Uh, you know, we had him briefly in 18 in Tennessee, and then – we signed him in 19, and, uh, you know, he changed a lot, grown a lot as a person and certainly as a player. And, uh, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill had a huge impact on his career. He kind of attached himself to his hip. And uh, in 19 and 20, uh, he was did a really nice job. Obviously, he was our backup in 20, uh, just – and those guys, you know, quarterbacks, a lot of times he, those back, and the guys in those backup roles, if they're damn near like another assistant, they handle that job right. And so to see where he's at now at this point, you know, and I've been with him for a season and three quarters, however it was when we got him back, he's in a different place. And I think he's had, he had a good spring, and so far it's translated. I mean, he's doing a nice job. Um, it's a really cool, cool story, and we'll see where it goes. All right, now, I, I don't know how the third quarterback rule affects Woodside. He's probably not going to beat out Heineke for number two, but I think you get to – I got to figure out the third quarterback rule. You know, we knew, we got that in the offseason, had the playoff situation where the quarterbacks kept getting hurt in the San Francisco game. And you, I think you're going to get to keep him around. I don't know if he's on the practice squad or – if he's like the emergency goalie in hockey, but he's got a chance to stick around. The coach likes him a lot. Now, uh, we also talked to Arthur Blank today in the at the podium in the media room, and you know we want to know mostly. Hey, he spent the, he wrote a lot of checks this off season. He bought him a defense through free agency, and we want to know 
you know, I wanted to know, hey, what's your projections for the season? He doesn't give a prediction or anything, but they like Desmond Ritter. It's the third uh, year in a three-year uh, plan, but he's uh, fully expecting to be better than 7-10. and 10. He wouldn't put a number on it. He thinks the NFC South is going to be a lot tougher than folks are projecting. And then uh, some other things that aren't in the soundbite here from uh, Arthur Smith that he talked about, excuse me, Arthur Blank, that he talked about. I asked him about the Washington situation with Dan- Daniel Snyder getting brought out. We, asked, uh, we also checked in on the international scene going over to London, and he said, unbeknownst to him, he didn't know they had a lot of fans in Germany, but they do. And uh, he said Mercedes-Benz didn't even know they had a lot of fans in Germany, so they're looking for expansion there. Uh, he noted that there were 330 million people in the United States but $8 billion in the world. So he said the NFL has a lot of room to grow. And then lastly, he discussed his succession plan that's filed with the league office and so forth. Make sure that the team stays in Atlanta. Uh, we'll probably uh, revisit that and get that over to our reporter's notebook to you know get that on the record. But here's Falcons owner Arthur Blank. Where are you at uh, with the anticipation of this season? Mm-hmm. Uh, with you know a lot of money spent in this offseason, a lot yep. of new players, and another, another draft behind. Uh, yeah, that's a, you know uh, that's you know probably the most important question. Um, you know, this is the third year of a three-year plan, um, and I think um, what I what I see that I like a lot is Coach Smith and and uh, and Terry Terry Fontenot. Um, you know, laid out a very um, careful, thoughtful, um, kind of methodical plan uh, what they were going to do with the roster going back, you know, several years now. And I think they've been very disciplined, uh, made adjustments along the ways, but basically been very disciplined about moving in that direction. And, um, you know, our record last couple of years, you know, win seven games, et cetera, lose ten. But, I mean, I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, this year, I expect our team to be um, even more competitive, if you will, uh, with the emphasis on the defensive side of the ball during free agency and, and somewhat during the draft, but primarily in free agency. And I think we have as many offensive tools as um, probably most, if any, team in the NFL today. Um, we got a, a lot of talent. Um, obviously, experienced offensive line that performed at a high level last year. and third most rushes in the league and and uh so it's you know i like where we are and and uh um i like a young quarterback and you know he uh you know people look at just the last four games last year and they say well nah, based on those four year games but he really you know progressed from the time he came on campus here after he was drafted and had a good camp and he's always he's been a strong leader since he's shown up here um continued to develop um, I think he worked well with, uh, with Mariota last year. I learned a lot from Marcus. Um, and he's a learner. He's got a lot of humility. And, and as the year progressed, he had an opportunity to play. And I think he played at a, you know, at a very competitive level. The last four games, each game seemed to be a little bit better. So, you know, we feel pretty strongly that, you know, he's going to be our quarterback of the future. And, and, uh, and we've got to play games and we got to see. But, but, um, but we feel good about him. Um, so... When you say, I guess you're a three-year plan, does that mean that 
for lack of a better term, your kind of evaluation process of what Arthur and Terry have done kind of more starts now, or? No, I think it started three years ago. I mean, when you have a, you know, a plan, a business plan or a football plan, whatever it may be, you know, uh, how do you, how are you performing against that plan over time? And I think that, uh, they made the moves, and some were difficult, uh, professionally and you know, and personally. Um, but they made the moves they've had to make over the last couple of years, and I think they got us in a position now where I think our team uh, is going to be even more competitive than it's been in the last couple of years. Uh, I think they'd be disappointed if that was not the case. I'd be disappointed. Our fans would be disappointed. Uh, so I, you know, I feel good about the direction of where we are. We have to play. You know, you got to avoid injuries, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and uh, um, But we're in a division that, um, you know, is going to be competitive. Um, everybody says, well, it's one of the weakest divisions. But, you know, 22 years owning a team in the NFL, you realize that divisions that start out, you know, appear, apparently not so strong end up by the end of the year being very strong. So, you know, um, th there's going to be a lot of competition. But, but I feel good about where we are. For a franchise, who I believe hasn't been above 500 since 2017. What does a successful 2023 look like? Yeah, I, you know, that's always a question. You know, it's the same question that my family asks me. My kids don't ask me anymore because they have their own opinion. But, uh, you know, I, I, I expect us to uh, certainly win more games than we've won the last couple of years. Um, and where that puts us and what number that'll be, I'm, I'm not sure. But go out and get ready and play every game as hard as we can and 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 uh, with the talent that we have now on both sides of the ball um you know we, we ought to end up with uh, with some pretty good results when it comes to the the conversations that you had with terry and arthur when they first got in here those first couple weeks how much does the culture that they have established now mimic what they told you then uh, I think the culture that um, Arthur and Terry both have put in place here are ones they've given evidence of before. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons we hired Coach Smith. We knew his history going back to Washington, going back to Tennessee, and, and, uh, and um, you know, we spent a lot of time with him before we hired him. I mean, there were a number of interviews and did a lot of reference checks. and. Um, and so, you know, we, we understood kind of culturally where he was coming from, and that was very important. It's one of the worst things you can have in any organization, cultures that are going in this direction. They, they never work well in football and in business or in life, for that matter. So, um, in relationships. So, I think our culture did match. Terry, we had, you know, demonstrated 18 years in New Orleans. He was working for a great organization and one of the most seasoned general managers uh, in the NFL. Uh, so Mickey Loomis has done a great job. Mickey called me um, after he hired Terry and had a, had a bunch of really bad words to use initially. And he started laughing. He said, I, 18 years, I groomed this guy, got him ready for my job. Now I'm just thinking about retiring. Now I can't retire. I got to go do it all over again. But so, you know, Terry's been a, been a blessing as well. And the fact that he and the coach um, work so well together, I think, is a, is a really big deal. Well, we also uh, talked with running back B. John Robinson, egg pick overall, and uh, he looks great at training camp. They just put on the pads. He just had his first mistake today. I think they told him to attack the ball, so he uh, put one on the ground there in practice, and, uh, you know, that's something that people are going to do. So uh, he has to learn, and he's doing that. But here is B. John Robinson on the learning process during training camp. 
obviously, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot for the for the offense. But, you know, I think that it's a it's a good good transition, and you know, they're helping me out a lot. You know, we we have a lot of meetings. You know, me, Coach Petrie. You know, Coach Rags. You know, we're always, you know, doing some sort some sort of studying uh, because I understand that, you know, learning you know, a, a lot of different, you know, things for the offense. It can, it can be taxing, you know, in the mind, for, for your mindset. But for me, I just take it every day, take it one day at a time and understand that, you know, you know, God put me here to, to do this kind of thing. And I got to understand that I'm playing for him. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything will take care of itself. All right. B. John's off to a great start there. He, uh, he also complimented coach on how they force fed him over the off season, which has helped him come into camp and uh, have things slowed down for him. Uh, one of the more interesting uh, prospects at camp is John Fitzpatrick, former uh, University of Georgia tight end, played in 38 games there, made 12 starts. He's massive. <laughs> He's a big dude, 6'7", 255, and uh, looks to be running very well on his feet now. He had uh, broken bones in both feet and, and missed most of last year. On the injured reserve, came back in December, got in some work, you know, went to the Maris. And, uh, you know, he's a gentleman that I um, keep an eye on, looking forward to seeing in the exhibition games here. Maybe he can wrestle him away a roster spot. Now, here's John Fitzpatrick on being healthy. It feels great. It's a blessing to be healthy. Uh, it was a long, long road um, being banged up, but uh, finally being healthy, it's exciting. Yes, John uh, also is, uh, you know, taking part in these real his first training camp. He's kind of a red shirt rookie uh, and so forth. And uh, we just checked in with him on the physicality of practice so far. It's really physical. It's exciting. Um, you see guys flying around every single day. Um, it's a cool sight to see that this team, everybody seems hungry. Everybody seems um, like ready to go at practice. And uh, I think it's a good sign of things to come. Well, yeah, and uh, John is also, you know, he's got to have a plan of attack. Uh, they're, they're like eight tight ends in camp. You usually keep four. Uh, you know, you got Kyle Pitts. You got John o. Smith. Parker Hesse played a lot. Okay, and then, uh, you know, after that, you know, start trying to, you know, see if there's going to be another spot or another role for someone else. Here's John Fitzpatrick on what his focus was during the offseason. The offseason was good. Um, I mostly spent it here with a bunch of guys, um, with Coach Stahl in the weight room, and then running around here doing some routes and, and stuff. Um, but my focus was just being healthy and then being 100% with the playbook. Um, and then as far as my cues in the run game, being 100% with that so I can come into training camp confident, feeling good. Yeah, and just uh, I wanted to direct you to the notebook item, too. Uh, Michael, the burner turner, was at practice. My recording wasn't any good, so we, we don't have it for you here. But you can Google Michael Turner, AJC.com, B. John Robinson. And I think, you know, it's important because Michael was LaDainian Tomlinson's backup for San Diego for four years before he came here. And that's one of the guys that, you know, folks have compared Bijan to. And I'm with Michael and saying that, hey, if he's half as good as LaDainian, who uh, amassed, uh, I think, 1,300 yards and 100 and some touchdowns, if you get half of that, it's going to be a good draft pick. So, yeah, Google that and read that for, for a note from Michael the Burner Turner what he sees of Bijan and the, what he thinks of the comparison to 
Ladanian Thomas, a gold jacket Hall of Famer. All right, we're going to take a break here. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the black mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to wrap it up here with just some training camp notes from the field. We've been fine. We missed the first two days. We made it to the day three, four, five, and six. It will be here for you. Um, we do have a later break in the, the uh, month here for um, a celebration for my mom's 80th birthday birthday cruise so uh Gabe Burns will be holding it down he'll be at practice with me on Wednesday and uh Sarah Spencer has been out here uh helping with the videos doing a great job of shooting videos and presenting some of the uh the things that have been going on at training camp some of the news and some of the features so also so find those videos on ajc.com and uh you know we appreciate it when you when you uh, check those out. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus access to our e-paper and assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribeajc.com backslash podcast. So you really know what's going on. All right, we got some camp notes here. Just a couple things that we've been working uh, on and checking out. Coach went off on this NIL ta- uh, tangent uh, he spoke in the morning. It's you know before practice is usually different because I mean we we don't have anything to ask him. We haven't seen anything. I don't know why they make him available before practice, but they did. So, but I knew he had watched tape on Bergeron, so I I wrote that down and, and we shared that with you. And then I wanted to talk about Logan Woodside because I know he's going to be playing in these games. You all want to know well who's Logan Woodside? So um, those were. We've got that covered already out of the notebook. The Ryan Tannehill thing was interesting. And then we'll put the coaches. Uh, I don't know. He he just, the NIL is fascinating to him. 
Doesn't have much to do with the Falcons this year, but he's like, hey, that's our workforce. Those are the people coming into the league. And he went on a tangent about history and how guys prepared. And and I wrote down my notes, catching bricks and running mountains never (laughs) really caught on. That was Jerry Rice and Walter Payton. Those are a couple names he mentioned uh, and and how people work out and, and so forth. We've got the depth chart. We'll have a depth chart and cover nine at nine. We've got the the three deep for the offensive line. That's set. We've following that. We, uh, the defense they've been in a four-two-five, doing a lot of you know the same stuff. So I'm pretty sure they're going to play a whole lot of different defenses. But that's what they're in. And we've got you know the moving parts of that. AJ Terrell and Jeff Okuna flip sides today. You you know that that's going to probably happen in some games, and they're getting practices practice for that. Jesse Bates and Richie Grant are back at safety. You got the three guys at nickelback: D. Alford, Mike Hughes, and rookie Clark Phillips, who's uh, been an early camp sensation. And then up front, you got some guys moving around, and we'll get back to those guys. They'll be because um, I think I got to change the depth chart in the in the cover nine nine blog to reflect that you know they've been in a four two five so them i think i can get it done today if not i'll leave the old one in there and get the uh four two five ready for next week but one of the things we've been watching every day i was sharing with our good friends on uh 929 a game the morning folks uh tiffany blackman and, and squid billy you know i'm watching them throw to the nets every day they got Nets about 15 yards away, and then another one about five yards away, and then they move them in for uh, two separate drills because, you know, one of the issues is accuracy. And so uh, I talked to one veteran Falcon who confirmed my theory that, hey, if they can't hit the the targets that are sitting there, then it's going to be trouble hitting moving targets. So I watched. I haven't charted them yet because I let the quarterbacks get off to us, you know, whatever their start is. But at some point, they should be sharp. And I think it's after the two-week mark. But, you know, he noted that former NFL player and coach said that, hey, they should be fresh. The first week, they should be all over the nets. They should be drilling everything. Second week, they're tired. You know, they had OTAs and so forth. And uh, if you can't hit the stationary targets, what are they going to do hitting moving targets? So I've been watching that, and um, I think I want to see them hit the targets more. They're, they're, they're low. There have been some high balls, uh, and I'm not talking about just Desmond Ritter. Every uh, Tyler is also, and, and Wood, Wood, Woodside is surprisingly accurate, more accurate than you would think, but he's a little bit, he's, you know, I'm not making excuses for any of them, but we're going to keep watching those net drills, and we're going to keep, at uh, some point, we're going to start charting them and, uh, you know, give you some numbers on that. But that's that was the knock on – Desmond Ritter, why he lasts to the third round was his accuracy. And so, you know, they don't want to talk about that, but we we got ways to try to uh, monitor that and see if they can get it going there. Because at some point, you got to time up the passing game. Now, uh, the punt return duty is going to be pretty big. And the we got Keylon Harris back there, who we expected, Penny Hart. D offer looked really good to me on the punt returns. And they got Bijan Robinson back there too. Zay Malone and Mike Hughes. Okay, I'm going with Mike Hughes with the most experience. 
Bijan will be a specialty thing. Like if, hey, it's you're down four and you got to try to break a punt, you, you put him back there, strike fear in their hearts. But I don't think he's going to be a regular punt returner. Penny Hart's a tough guy. I want to see Harris uh, in, in a game situation. Zay Malone, uh, they like him. He's fast. So we'll see him in this game situation also. Uh, one other, the big ones today was Carterell Hodge, Gunner, getting downfield and putting a punt down on the ground on one two yard line. Scotty Miller's in a yellow jersey. And uh, one of my, um, you know, the NFL guys, they come to practice. I talk to them, just try to pick their brains on what they see. And, um, you know, one today uh, was Frank Darby. They were, they said, hey, he can play. I'm expecting him to be more than a special teams guy. They had him in their uh, mock draft coming out. And Frank has looked a lot better. I, I, I haven't had any problems with him since he's been here. But for some reason, he hasn't been able to get on the field. And uh, you Bowtie Chronicle folks know that I want him on the field because he's one of the best talkers on the team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to help them win, but we need we need Frank to catch some balls so we can talk to him more often and get some good stuff here for the Bowtie Chronicles and for the newspaper. And just wrapping up, I talked about Michael Turner and B. John, so I could skip over that note. And last note was uh, – Good luck to Deion Jones. He signed with the Panthers. The year in Cleveland didn't work out. But Deion was coming up, you know, former Falcons draft pick, was on the Super Bowl team in 2016. Got a big contract here from the Falcons. Uh, the new regime came in, cleaned out those contracts, and he was one of the last ones to get cleaned out and traded to Cleveland last year right after the Tampa Bay game. So, you know, Dion signed with the Panthers. I don't know how he fits in there. I'll, I'll get around on our off day on Thursday to look at what everybody else is doing around the NFC South to try to get us an update on that. But uh, right now, all we have for you is that he has signed with the Panthers. So we are, you know, everything's underway. We're rolling. We're getting closer and closer to football here. The uh, Atlanta Falcons have started training camp, having a lot of fun. Coach Smith uh, is, uh, you know, uh, in rare form. He's, uh, you know, providing the information that we need and so forth and, uh, you know, doing a, a you know, job, good job of, uh, you know, cracking jokes, <laughs> keeping things light while we're having training camp. All, uh, all of the action will be pointing to another week. And then if I got my schedule here right off the top of my head, Monday, May the 7th, they'll practice here. Then go to Miami for practices on the, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, game of day will be off on that Thursday. And then um, play the game on Friday. We'll come back on Saturday. And usually uh, my folks go with me to Miami, but I believe there's a big concert in Atlanta Beyonce uh, that week, so so I'm gonna be in Miami on um, my birthday by myself because <laughs> all the Gillette Better girls will be um, at, at the Beyonce concert. One of them, I think they got two in Atlanta. One of them sold out. So I know y'all weren't expecting about Beyonce update, but that's what we got for you here today. We're gonna get on out of here and get ready for practice. Here we got practice on Wednesday. They off on Thursday. 
you know, they go four days on, one day off, and then uh, they'll break again on Sunday, I believe, and then come back uh, and start it all over again, trying to get ready for the regular season. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care. This is the Bowtie Chronicles, episode 406. You have a great rest of your week.